0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. And uh, i never been to one, and it was at Elkhart Lake. And it was, uh, I like horsepower, fast cars, and, and it was it was awesome. I mean, these, these bad boys are doing about 190 miles an hour, and we were in the pits, and we could touch them, and I was watching the guys... You know, they had this yellow stuff on these lug nuts and the wheel was laying down and, and, I'm, and he was heating it up with a torch. And I'm, what are you doing? He said, I'm heating up the glue. And what they do is they glue the lug nuts onto this wheel. So when they come in for a pit pass or a pit stop to change the tires, they basically have the lug nuts glued onto the wheels already. So they slap the wheels on and they go with their air tools. So I thought, that is awesome. So I, I learned something. You know the biggest thing I learned though is is <clears throat> there were thousands of people, and uh, the first the f- first thing that they did is um, you know after they settled everything down a little bit before the races and stuff, uh, a guy came on and he said let's um, let's pray. So we prayed, and it wasn't a uh, a normal prayer; it was like a spirit filled prayer. You know, it was like, wow. You know, he said, you know, keep your hands on, you know, all the drivers. And, and he gave God the glory. It was like, wow. And the first thing before he gave God the glory is take off your hats. We live in a generation that we, would, we don't want to take our hats off. You know, because we don't have that reverence or respect. And I thought, wow. And I wish all sports were like that. Because that was, you know, and then they basically did the national anthem. But you know, I really, really had a good time, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, you're probably saying, where are you going on with all this, Jeff? But um, you know, another, another thing that uh, I don't know if anybody watched the Olympics. Did you? Awesome. But you know the Olympics. The Olympics are—I love the Olympics because it gets you off all the media, and it—you know—I you know—I you know, I, I like the swimmers, and I like the um, um, the field and track, and you know they have some archery, and they have you know just a ton of different events that take place, and uh, I th- I just really enjoy it. And the condition that these people have to be in—I mean, it's seven days a week condition, 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 condition. So all their thoughts and their whole heart and their minds are basically conditioning for this one event every four years, and I thought that is awesome. But you know what was interesting is that uh, Ryan Locke you know, um, you heard about him and the scandal that he went through, and what a shame. You know, here in the United States, you know, here we're supposed to be, you know. Um, Standing up for a country we're supposed to uh um, be the united States and he does he does some stupid stuff and he goes in and he analyzes the gas station he gets caught, he was drunk and stuff like that, but what the world blows that off to is ah, he's just a kid uh he just he's just You know, anybody could do that. Boy, if he was a little, you know. But just think about the guy just, he was a uh, 12-metal swimmer. And he basically goes and does something that stupid. So you know what everybody's going to remember this uh, 2016 Olympics about? That we're a bunch of liars. You know, and what a shame that is. You know, and it's the perceptions. And it's the perceptions, like I said, the perception that I had at, at that NASCAR race yesterday about the prayer, and that's what I picked up off of it. You know, I can't remember who won, you know, but I remember the prayer, and I remember the horsepower, and I remember the fast cars. <laughs> you know, another question I have to ask people is, is uh, um, who all works out here, you know, physically? Do you, do you run? Do you, do you jog? Do you, you know, physically do anything? We live in a world today that is, that is basically... Um, Everybody, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's their God, you know, and I like working out, and I like racquetball and stuff like that, but it's, you know, I watch it today, it's, they, they, they use working out as an escape, and they, you know, the, what it does, it basically, when you work out hard, and you basically get your heart rate up, the dolphins go and the endorphins go, and I know uh, Brother Kelly and I play racquetball, we've been playing it for years, and, and I know that feeling after racquetball. I mean, we, I mean it's awesome. We can, we can go to the other, we play at noon, so we always laugh at each other that we can finish off the rest of the day now because we have a different mindset. You know, and that's what people, I believe the workout does to people. It helps them have a different mindset. You know, um, you know I know Brother Kylie, he, he walks every day. And you got to bear with me here a little bit, because if I jump around, you know, I'm going to talk about the heart, the physical heart, and I'm going to talk about the spiritual heart. And, you know, people have said, well, yeah, but Brother Kylie walks, you know, two or three miles every day for a um, physical workout. But I can tell you he doesn't. It's a spiritual workout, you know, and... Uh, You know, we have to ask ourselves some questions on our on our physical health. Is basically, uh, uh, we have to have balance with our physical and our spiritual. And you know, I, I did some Google searches on heart attacks, and uh, the heart attacks is basically. Uh, well, how do you know if you have a heart attack? You know, discomfort of the chest, of course. You know, and uh, or other areas of the upper body, um, shortness of breath. And lightheadedness or dizziness, something happens in your mind. You know, um, six hundred ten thousand people die every year of heart disease. That's one out of every four. You know, and I asked myself a question this morning. How many t- people die of a spiritual heart attack? When they leave, when they leave this world, they have so many hurts inside of them that... Uh, you know that could have been mended if they would have done some working out. Uh, I like to like name this message: What is the condition of your heart? I learned some in the last few days. And one was, why do I cry? I had to ask myself that. Why am I weeping? And God says, because you do it in a safe place. Because I don't weep outside this building hardly ever. You know, and Satan came to me on Thursday night. We had a Celebrate Recovery uh, meeting And he uh, and usually I read a devotional, but that night he said, I want you to speak from your heart. Of course, I started weeping. And I shared the best I could. I got through it. And I would sat down, <clears throat> and Satan came to me. And I don't know if you guys ever got yourself to a point where you feel like a little kid. You're embarrassed, you're ashamed, You know, so Satan saint was sitting on my shoulder. Boy, you are stupid, Jeff. You said everything dumb. You, I mean, he had a field day. And I I said, I, I really, I started believing it until I got home. And I still didn't understand, you know, I, 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 you know, God spoke to me through my wife that night. And she "Why Well, how are you doing? You know, I just, you know, I, I just feel like I didn't do anything right that night. I feel like, you know, first of all, I gave a message and I started weeping. I had a newcomer where I felt I did terrible with. So he, I mean, he had a field day with me. But I remember going, laying in bed and just rebuking him. And that spirit left me. And it was, it was awesome. So, again, what's the condition of my heart? You know, what's, what's your heart made of? You know, your hearts are made up of thoughts. You know, what kind of thoughts do I have? You know, uh, where are my emotions? My emotions, some, because of, you know, and I'm not going to blame my past. I just don't know how to handle emotions at times. I don't know how to handle my anger. I don't know how to handle certain emotions. So what happens is I get confused, and uh, and so my thoughts get confused. And basically, then I then I do something stupid, you know. But God really, He's He's working on me a little at a time. And God is so good, you know. Another thing that uh, I thought that was really cool is when Brother East. Uh, spoke, was it last week, I think it was, right? Or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And he said, he talked about a vision about gifts left at the altar. And let me just read something. And I'm going to read something in, a, in our 12th step. And our 12th step says, Make, we made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Matthew 5, 24 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. His vision, I don't know if you were here when he spoke, but his vision was, all these people came to the altar and they laid their gifts down. And, and they would do this week after week. And he came in one day and he looked at the sanctuary and there was piles of gifts at the altar, left at the altar. They didn't come back. They said, leave, you know, leave your gift there. Go to your brother. Then come back and offer your gift. And I don't know about you, but there's many times where I ran out the door. I left my gift right here and I, I ran out the door. And I thought that was so appropriate to, to what, you know, uh, what, I mean, it just was like a crystal clear to me what happens. And, and uh, I have a choice at this point. I have a, and it's, it's scary. It's scary to go to your brother and say, I'm sorry. It's, it's scary to cry. You know, trust me. you know. But I feel safe in here. I feel safe with everybody that's here. I feel safe in my uh, recovery group. I don't feel safe at my work to cry, I don't feel safe at certain places to cry, you know? But that's what we have to find. We have to find where we can come back and offer our gifts. And how do we do that? By working on ourselves instead of working on our brother. You know, and then I I asked myself some questions, I said, okay, Jeff, what's holding you back? And, you know, one of them, maybe it's my heart condition, you know. And it says, you know, and then a a scripture came to me. It says, search me, O Lord, God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. I mean, that is so powerful. That scripture really, you know, search me, O Lord. You know, and and, uh, we get caught up in this world and we forget to ask God to search us. But you know something? I know for me, I have triggers. And these triggers will, fl- you know, I don't know if you guys ever f- had a trigger. And a trigger, you know, um, let me see, I'm jumping here a little bit, but let me, uh, I, I Google trigger too. A trigger is a small projecting tongue in a firearm that actuates the mechanism that discharges the weapon. So a trigger, to me, is something that discharges a weapon. Now, what's your weapon, Jeff? Anger. Anger is a weapon. You know, um, um, and, and there's, two, there's two types of people. There's people that can be real angry, and then there's people that can be, uh, they're kind of, um, not introvert, but they're passive-aggressive. And you know something? Passive-aggressive people hurt worse than the angry people. At least when somebody's angry, I know where they stand. You know, uh, but you know that's that's some of the, my weapons that I use. Um, that's the trigger that comes to me. You know, one of the um, another thing that uh, in celebrate recovery, uh, I spoke on relapse, and relapse was um, so. What we do is we have lessons that we speak on, and, and they're really good lessons. And one of the thoughts that came to me on relapse was basically, uh, what, what are one of my triggers? What happens to me? And, and one is money. And this is embarrassing. And it's like, okay, God, why do I get freaked out about money? And he showed me. He, he brought me back to when I was 12 years old, and I got a job at 12 years old. And this job was, you know, why did I get a job at 12? You know, and, and unfortunately, my, my household was pretty messed up. I found freedom in a paycheck. And, and unfortunately, I made my work my God. Even after I sobered up, sobered up with alcohol, you know, it probably was only a few years ago where God really showed me that I used my work as a substance. Because I could hide out. Even today, even today, I know if I have something going on, boy, just... I can, I can hide out. The difference between David and I, David would tend the flock and he would be talking to God. I would, I would be tending the flock on my car, or working in my garage, stewing over something, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's the difference between him and I. Uh, but I'm working on it. God's showing me a little at a time. And that made me see that, you know. And then I, I know that, and, you know, it's funny because there was... Uh, this person a while back wanted a raise and stuff like that, and I could feel my dander, you know, I just felt inside. oh, And it's like, why am I feeling that way? You know, what is making that, you know, because a person deserves a raise. And a person, everybody deserves to be heard. But what triggers me? And, and that helped me understand that uh, I have an issue, you know, that I have to work on. And that was, that was basically the money stuff that I used to basically defend myself, you know, and my first weapon, you know, when a trigger came on, my anger came out, you know, and that's amazing to me that that came into my mind, you know, that God showed me that, because that, I, I tell you, five years ago, that would have never happen, you know. Um, you know, another thing, maybe we have some deep hurts, habits, and hang-ups, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, um, when that trigger comes up and, and that little, when your hair stands on your arm, and it's just, you know when you feel uncomfortable. You know, why, God, am I feeling this way? This, is, this seems weird. We have to ask ourselves, is there some deep hurts? Is there some deep habits? Or, or what's my hang-up? Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The first step in pre- preventing a relapse is to admit that you, that you will be tempted that you are not above temptation Jesus w- wasn't and why should you? You know, we are going to be tempted you know and uh, the devil's going to be sitting on your shoulder you can count on it any type of healing that takes place in our minds, in our thoughts in our emotions the devil doesn't want Jeff Brown to cry. He wants him to be angry. You know, so I'm, I'm fighting those forces. Um, and God is so gentle. You know. You know, maybe for some of us, it's going back to step one. What is step one? We admitted we were powerless over our addictions and our compulsive behaviors, that our lives had become unmanageable And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. You know, 27 years ago, I came to Abundant Life. I repented. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I spoke in other tongues. I didn't do that once. I did it, and I, I wish I could do it daily, and I need to. I need to do that repentance daily, but it's one of those things where where I'm that spirit inside of me is fighting all the time. And and God has shown me a little at a time, this is what I need to work on. So I have a choice to make. You know, and the choice is basically what are you going to do with that? Do you want to get closer to me? Because quite frankly, when I because I'm spirit filled, I understand that and there's nothing about it. but if, if I'm not doing what God requires me to do, then then basically I'm I'm stunted emotionally, and, and God doesn't want me stunted emotionally. He wants me to basically um, give freely. You know, there was another, uh, some, another group of questions that we have uh, to ask ourselves about uh, a heart check, and this is, this is something that we, we do in Celebrate Recovery also. It says, you know, you have to ask yourself five things. And it's, uh, are you hurting? Are you exhausted? Are you angry? Are you resentful? Are you tense? And these here, what they do is they help you try to get in touch with your emotions. This is, this is heart healing stuff. You know, and the heart healing stuff is basically... Um, you no, know, we ask God to, you know, test me. Know what's in my heart. Help me have a clean heart. We, we You know, we, we ask that question. So we have to ask ourselves these questions. You know, what are we hurting from? And we have to be honest with them. And sometimes that's really, really hard to be honest. Um, you know, a spiritual heart attack, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a loss of spiritual desire. You know, and I don't know if you ever went through that, but I know I have. You know, I've had, I've had symptoms of a heart attack where I, my, my thoughts and my emotions did something completely different than what God wanted me to do. You know, one of the... It's easy right here. It's not easy out there. You've got to make a lot of choices outside those doors. Who are you, you going to live for? You know? Um, physical fatigue is another one. And physical fatigue is is uh... you know when the body is weak the mind is open. And, and you know when you're exhausted and stuff like that Satan has a, a, a hold to get into the thought process of your mind and starts telling you that that brother isn't Dude, that brother said something bad, and this brother does something bad, and, you know, that's how that seems to work. You know, a lack of attack. Did you ever, was anybody here ever jealous of somebody that basically, you know, I got that old stupid car, it doesn't work, and I, I, have, uh, I don't have enough money to pay my bills, and he seems like he's got it all together, and, you know, we can, we can come up with all kinds of stuff, you know, that we're lacking, that we think that we're lacking, And uh, so we have to guard our hearts against that. You know, God has given you that old car for a reason. And we have to trust that. And we need to, you know, if you want to be in the perfect will of God, give him thanks. Be grateful. Have a good attitude. And then we're in the perfect will of God. Even if that old car doesn't want to run. But thank you, Jesus, you gave me that car. You know, a weak prayer life is another one that, that basically uh, can spiritually damage your heart. You know, and and uh, and I know for myself, it, I always put other things before prayer. Oh, I got to get to work. Oof, these guys are going to—they can't do it without me. And I—I I can tell you, for the last three years or two and a half years, my wife and I get up in the morning, we do devotions, and we pray. And God blesses me every day for that. And it's amazing how my thought process has changed. You know, and I know that there's people that struggle in our Celebrate Recovery that I talk to and, and stuff like that. And, you know, and I'm going to push this a little bit because I know it's a, it's a real healing place. You know, Celebrate Recovery is healing and it's safe. It's, it's like this. It's healing and it's safe. So, and, and that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for a safe place. Because if somebody knew me, they wouldn't like me. But God says, come, come here. Um, has anybody ever feel overwhelmed or helpless? You know, that's another, that's another sign of a spiritual, you know, and, and we, we have to go to God right away with this stuff. As quick as we can recognize it that, you know, hey, we, we, we're just we're just feeling overwhelmed. I feel helpless, you know, and and we have to go to God. Because you know, unfortunately, there's many, many times I get to a point where I have to cry, uncle, before I get to God. <laughs> but you know, some, he won't let me go if I'm working on my heart. You know, it's kinda of like Pharaoh. I go back to Pharaoh. The only reason he hardened Pharaoh's heart because he tried and he tried and he tried and he tried and he tried. And he tried, and he tried. He said, Pharaoh, get out of here. You know, he didn't say it quite that way, but, you know, it's just like, that's what he meant. He said, your heart, I can't do nothing with your thought process or your heart. You know, I've tried. Um, You know, another thing is your old habits and lifestyles return. You know, and um, we have to be on guard about our, our old habits and lifestyles because God is changing us every day. Uh, for, for the good, you know, and it's uh, another another one I have here is pulling away from godly relationships. We have to be on guard for that. You know, when somebody is telling us, you know, uh, you know, a, a good friend, a good Christian friend, is honest with us and he, he's sharing stuff with us. We want to be, you know, we don't want to pull away from these people. You know, we want to support one another. Uh, Proverbs 21, two: every, man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes but the Lord weighs the heart. So, you know, if you think about this scripture, every way of a man's heart is right. So we think our way is right. But you know something? It's not. You know, and that's why we have to continue to ask God to search our heart. Um, You know, I want to talk about a, I was going to read, um, Celebrate Recovery has a, a Bible, and they, they have characters in the Bibles, and they they talk about, like, maybe Moses, or, you know, uh, and they talk about David, and and uh, uh, David, you know, I, 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 he's quite a guy, you know, and we can glean a lot from David, you know, but uh, one that really struck me and, and made me, really think is Nathan. And Nathan the prophet came to David and he said, hey David. You know, and I think we talked about this and, and uh, but you know it really struck me when I, I, I thought about Nathan and what a good friend he was and how he went to uh, David and he, he basically told him, he was a prophet so he told him a parable. He said there was this, you know uh, guy that basically took this man's sheep and, and it's the only one he had and you know, he went on and and, and uh, David got upset and said, "Well, you know, hey, wait a second. You know, we need to do something about that. He needs to return that, you know, fourfold or tenfold or whatever it was." And and, uh, and he told him some other stuff. And he says, "You know, Nathan told David. He said that man was you." And the courage it took him took to tell David that and to have a friend like that. So you know. I'm not going to get into it anymore, but you know something? We all need a friend like that. We call them accountability partners. We call them sponsors. But we need to have friends that basically can be honest with you. Because I need that. I need to say, hey Jeff, you're slipping away here, buddy. You know, you have to take a look at yourself. And and I do have people around me that really show me what I need to look at. And we can do it in a way that it's not offensive. We can do it in the way that God would do it, you know. And, and, and we don't give up on our friends, you know. Just because we see them headed south a little bit, you know, we go after them, and we, we pull them back and say, you know, there's a better way. So, um, you know, t- some reasons, you know, another reason I... Uh, uh, David was called a man after God's own heart. You know, and uh, what does that mean? You know, yeah, David, David you know, committed adultery. He, he murdered. He did a lot of other stuff too, but you know something? He was a man after God's own heart. He was humble, he laid himself out there. Most all the Psalms are written by David. And you can go through the Psalms, and the Psalms that really speak to your heart and your mind. And you know some of the stuff that it speaks to is is basically the uh, being humble you know we have to we have to we have to work at being humble, um, reverent, respectful. One of the things that that we have a struggle with is trusting, but we need to trust the Lord. He is the light of my salvation. We need to be devoted we, de- we need to be devoted to basically our recovery what we are here is we're we're all going through recovery we we need to be faithful we need to be obedient and we need to repent and that's the biggest thing that basically David did he know he knows what repentance is you know so um, i don't know i just this message is probably a lot more for me because i know that's how god works you know, he showed me he showed me why I cry. He showed me why I have struggled with money. And he's probably gonna show me something else too. I know I know how God works. You know. So I wanna thank you all today for basically listening to what I had and, and uh, I thank you. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast.